0: chapter three of the canadians of old by philippe aubert de gaspe translated by sir charles g d roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce a Night with the sorcerers angels and ministers of grace defend us be thou a spirit of health or goblin damned bring with thee airs from heaven or blasts from hell hamlet Écoute comme les bois crient les hiboux fouillent épouvantés entend tous ces voix dans les terres, dans le lointain ou près de nous eh oui la montagne retentit dans toute sa longueur d'un furieux chant magique lest bogles catch him unawares where gates and howlet's nightly cry when out the hellish legion sallied burns as soon as our young travellers crossing the st lawrence opposite quebec have reached point levis Jos makes haste to harness a splendid norman horse into one of those low sledges which furnish the only means of transport at this season when the roads are only covered here and there with snow or ice and when overflowing streams intercept the way at intervals when they come to one of these obstacles jos unharnesses the horse all three mount and the brook is speedily forded it is true that jules who clasps jos around the waist tries every now and then to throw him off at the risk of partaking with him the luxury of a bath at a little above zero he might as well have tried to throw cap tourmente into the st lawrence jos who in spite of his comparatively small stature is as strong as an elephant laughs in his sleeve and pretends not to notice it the brook forded Jose goes back for the sledge reharnesses the horse climbs into the sledge with the baggage in front of him lest he should get it wet and speedily overtakes his fellow-travellers who have not halted a moment in their march thanks to jules the conversation never flags during the journey archie does nothing but laugh over the witticisms that jules perpetrates at his expense he has long given up attempting any retort we must hurry exclaimed d'haberville it is thirty-six miles from here to st thomas my uncle de beaumont takes supper at seven if we get there too late we shall probably make a poor meal the good things will be all gobbled up you know the proverb tardé when ossa." scotch hospitality is proverbial exclaimed archie with us the welcome is the same day or night that is the cook's business verily said jules i believe it as if i saw it with my own eyes were it otherwise it would show a plentiful lack of skill or goodwill on the part of your petticoated cooks it is delightfully primitive that scotch cookery of yours with a few handfuls of oatmeal sodden in cold water since you have neither wood nor coal in your country you can make an excellent soup at little cost and with no great expenditure of culinary science and feast your guests as well in the night as in the daytime it is quite true that when some distinguished personage seeks your hospitality which often happens since scotland is loaded down with enough coats of arms to crush a camel it is true i say that you set before him in addition to your oatmeal soup the head feet or nice juicy tail of a sheep with salt for sauce the other parts of the animal never seem to grow in scotland lochiel contented himself with glancing at jules over his shoulder and repeating quistalia fantomir Medonum dolum pumwe what's that exclaimed jules in assumed indignation you call me a myrmidon a delopian me the philosopher and moreover my worthy pedant you abuse me in latin you who so murder the accent with your caledonian tongue that virgil must squirm in his grave you call me a myrmidon me the geometrician of my class you remember that the professor of mathematics predicted that i should be another vauban yes indeed interrupted archie in recognition of your famous perpendicular line which leaned so much to the left that all the class trembled lest it should fall and crush its base see in which our professor sought to console you by predicting that your services would be required in case of the reconstruction of the tower of pisa jules struck a tragic attitude and cried tout en souvient sena et vieux m'assassiner you are going to stab me upon the king's highway beside this mighty st lawrence untouched by all the beauty of nature which surrounds us untouched by yon lovely cascade of montmorency which the habitants call the cow a title very much the reverse of poetic but which nevertheless expresses well enough the exquisite whiteness of the stream which leaps from its bosom like the rich and foaming flow from the milk-cow's udder you are going to stab me right in sight of the isle of orleans which as we go on conceals from our view the lovely waterfall which i have so poetically described heartless wretch will nothing make you relent, not even the sight of poor Jos here, who is touched by all this wisdom and eloquence in one so young, as Fenelon would have said, could he have written my adventures. Do you know, interrupted Archie, you are at least as remarkable in poetry as you are in geometry? Who can doubt it, answered Jules. No matter, my perpendicular made you all laugh, and myself most of all you know however that that was only another trick of that scamp de chavigny who had stolen my exercise and rolled up another in place of it which i handed in to the teacher you all pretended not to believe me since you were but too glad to see the trickster tricked jos who ordinarily took little part in the young men's conversation and who moreover had been unable to understand what they had just been talking about now began to mutter under his breath what a queer kind of a country that where the sheep have only heads feet and tails and not even a handful of a body but after all it is none of my business the men who are the masters will fix things to suit themselves but i can't help thinking of the poor horses jos who was a regular jockey had a most tender consideration for these noble beasts then turning to archie he touched his cap and said saving your presence sir if the gentry themselves eat all the oats in your country which is because they have nothing better to eat i suppose what do the poor horses do they require to be well fed if they do much hard work the young men burst out laughing jos a little abashed by their ridicule exclaimed excuse me if i have said anything foolish one may make mistakes without being drunk just like master jules there who was telling you that the habitants call montmorency falls the cow because their foam is white as milk now i have a suspicion that it is because they bellow like a cow in certain winds at least that is what the old bodies say when they get chattering don't be angry old boy answered jules you are probably quite right we were laughing because you thought there were horses in scotland the animal is unknown in that country what no horses sir what do the folks do when they want to travel when i say no horses answered d'haberville you must not understand me too literally they have an animal resembling our horses but not much taller than my big dog niger it lives in the mountains wild as our caribous and not altogether unlike them when a highlander wants to travel he sounds his bagpipe all the villagers gather together and he unfolds to them his project then they scatter through the woods or rather through the heather and after a day or two of toil and tribulation they succeed occasionally in capturing one of these charming beasts then after another day or two if the brute is not too obstinate and if the highlander has enough patience he sets out on his journey and sometimes even succeeds in coming to the end of it well i must say retorted lochiel you are a pretty one to be making fun of my highlanders You have good right to be proud of this princely turnout of your own. It will be hard for posterity to believe that the high and mighty Lord of D'Abreville sends for his son and heir in a sort of dungcart without wheels. Doubtless he will send some outriders on ahead of us in order that nothing shall be lacking in our triumphal approach to the manor of Saint Jean Paul Jolie. Well done, Lochiel! You are saved, brother mine cried jules a very neat home thrust claws for claws as one of your scottish saints exclaimed one day when he was having a scrimmage with the devil jos during this discussion was scratching his head disconsolately like caleb balderstone in the bride of lammermoor he was very sensitive on all subjects touching his master's honor what a wretched fool i am he cried in a piteous voice it is all my fault the seigneur has four carry-alls in his coach-house of which two are brand-new and varnished up like fiddles so that i used one for a looking-glass last sunday so then when the seigneur said to me yesterday morning get ready jos for you must go to quebec to fetch my son and his friend mr de lochiel see that you take a proper carriage i like a fool said to myself that when the roads were so bad the only thing to take was a sled like this oh yes i'm in for a good scolding i shall get off cheap if i have to do without my brandy for a month at three drinks a day added joset that will make a loss of ninety good drinks without counting extras but it's all the same to me i'll take my punishment like a man the young men were greatly amused at jos's ingenious lying for the honor of his master now said archie since you seem to have emptied your budget of all the absurdities that a hare-brained french head can contain try and speak seriously and tell me why the isle of orleans is called the isle of the sorcerers for the very simple reason answered jules that a great many sorcerers live there there you begin again with your nonsense said lochiel i am in earnest said jules these scotch are unbearably conceited they can't acknowledge any excellence in other nations do you think my dear fellow that scotland has the monopoly of witches and wizards i would beg you to know that we too have our sorcerers and that two hours ago, between Point levy and Beaumont, I might as easily as not have introduced you to a very respectable sorceress. I would have you know moreover that on the estate of my illustrious father, you shall see a witch of the most remarkable skill. The difference is, my dear boy, that in Scotland you burn them while here we treat them in a manner fitting their power and social influence ask josé if i am not telling the truth josé did not fail to confirm all he said in his eyes the witches of beaumont and saint-jean porjoli were genuine and mighty sorceresses but to speak seriously continued jules since you would make a reasonable man of me nolens wallens as my sixth form master used to say when he gave me a dose of the strap i believe the fable takes its rise from the fact that the habitants on the north and south shores of the river seeing the islanders on dark nights go out fishing with torches mistake their lights for will-o'-the-wisps then you know that our country folk regard the -the will-o'-the-wisps as witches or as evil spirits who endeavor to lure the wandering wretch to his death they even profess to hear them laugh when the deluded traveler falls into the quagmire the truth is that there is an inflammable gas continually escaping from our bogs and swampy places from which to the hobgoblins and sorcerers is but a single step impossible said archie your logic is at fault as the professor so often had to tell you you see the inhabitants of the north and south shores themselves go fishing with torches whence according to your reasoning the islanders should have called them sorcerers which is not the case while jules was shaking his head with no answer ready jos took up the word if you would let me speak gentlemen i might explain your difficulty by telling you what happened to my late father who is now dead oh by all means tell us that tell us what happened to your late father who is now dead cried jules with a marked emphasis on the last four words yes my dear jos do us the favor of telling us about it added lochiel i can't half tell the story answered jos for you see i have neither the fine accent nor the splendid voice of my lamented parent when he used to tell us what happened to him in his vigil our bodies would shake so as if with ague as would do you good to see but i'll do my best to satisfy you it happened one day that my late father who is now dead had left the city for home somewhat late he had even diverted himself a little so to speak with his acquaintances in point Like an honest man, he loved his drop, and on his journeys he always carried a flask of brandy in his dogfish skin satchel. They say the liquor is the milk for old men. Black Dulce," interjected Archie sententiously. "Begging your pardon, Mister Archie," answered Jose with some warmth. "It was neither sweet water, de l'eau douce, nor lake water, eau de lac." but very good unadulterated brandy which my late father now dead was carrying in his satchel capital upon my word cried jules it serves you right for your perpetual latin quotations i beg your pardon jos said lochiel very seriously i intended not the shadow of disrespect to your late father you are excused sir said jos entirely mollified it happened that it was quite dark when my father at last got under way his friends did their best to keep him all night telling him that he would have to pass all by himself the iron cage wherein lac corriveau did penance for having killed her husband you saw it yourselves gentlemen when leaving point Levis at one o'clock she was quiet then in her cage the wicked creature with her eyeless skull but never you trust to her being blind she is a cunning one you had better believe if she can't see in the daytime she knows well enough how to find her way to torment poor folks at night well as for my late father who was as brave as his captain's sword he told his friends that he didn't care that he didn't owe la corriveau a farthing with a heap more reasons which i cannot remember now he put the whip to his horse a fine brute that could travel like the wind and was gone in a second as he was passing the skeleton he thought he heard a noise a sort of wailing but as a heavy southwest wind was blowing he made up his mind it was only the gale whistling through the bones of the corpse it gave him a kind of a start nevertheless and he took a good pull at the flask to brace himself up All things considered however as he said to himself christians should be ready to help each other perhaps the poor creature was wanting his prayers he took off his cap and devoutly recited a de profundis for her benefit thinking that if it didn't do her any good at least it would do her no harm and that he himself would be the better for it well then he kept on as fast as he could but for all that he heard a queer sound behind him, tick-tack, tick-tack, like a piece of iron striking on the stones. He thought it was the tire of his wheel, or some piece of the wagon that had come unfastened. He got out to see, but found everything snug. He touched the horse to make up for lost time, but after a little he heard again that tick-tack, tick-tack, on the stones being brave he didn't pay much attention when he got to the high ground of saint-michel which we passed a little way back he grew very drowsy after all said my late father a man is not a dog let us take a little nap we'll both be the better for it my horse and i well he unharnessed his horse tied his legs so he would not wander too far and said there my pet there's good grass and you can hear the brook yonder good night as my late father crawled himself into the wagon to keep out of the dew it struck him to wonder what time it was after studying the three kings to the southard and the wagon to the northard he made up his mind that it must be midnight it is time said he for honest men to be in bed suddenly however it seemed to him as if isle d'orleans was on fire he sprang over the ditch leaned on the fence opened his eyes wide and stared with all his might he saw at last that the flames were dancing up and down the shore as if all the -the will-o'-the-wisps all the damned souls of canada were gathered there to hold the witches sabbath he stared so hard that his eyes which had grown a little dim grew very clear again and he saw a curious sight you would have said they were a kind of men a queer breed altogether they had a head big as a peck measure topped off with a pointed cap a yard long then they had arms legs feet and hands armed with long claws but no body to speak of their crotch begging your pardon gentlemen was split right up to their ears they had scarcely anything in the way of flesh they were kind of all bone like skeletons every one of these pretty fellows had his upper lip split like a rabbit's and through the split stuck out a rhinoceros tusk a foot long like you see mr archie in your book of unnatural history as for the nose it was nothing more nor less begging your pardon than a long pig's snout which they would rub first on one side and then on the other of their great tusk perhaps to sharpen it i almost forgot to say that they had a long tail twice as long as a cow's which they used i suppose to keep off the flies the funniest thing of all was that there were but three eyes to every couple of imps those that had but one eye in the middle of the forehead like those cyclops that your uncle who is a learned man mr jules used to read to us about out of that big book of his all latin like the priest's prayer book which he called his virgil those that had but one eye held each by the claw two novices with the proper number of eyes out of all these eyes spurted the flames which lit up ile d'orleans like broad day the novices seemed very respectful to their companions who were as one might say half blind they bowed down to them they fawned upon them they fluttered their arms and legs just like good christians dancing the minuet the eyes of my late father were fairly starting out of his head it was worse and worse when they began to jump and dance without moving from their places and to chant in a voice as hoarse as that of a choking cow this song hoary frisker goblin gay long-nosed neighbor come away come my grumbler in the mud brother frog of tainted blood come and on this juicy christian let us feast it while we may ah the accursed heathens exclaimed my late father an honest man cannot be sure of his property for a moment not satisfied with having stolen my favorite song which i always keep to wind up with at weddings and feasts just see how they've played the devil with it one would hardly recognize it It is christians instead of good wine that they are going to treat themselves to the scoundrels then the imps went on with their hellish song glaring at my late father and curling their long snouts around their great rhinoceros tusks come my tricksy traveller's guide devil's minion true and tried come my sucking pig my simple brother wart and brother pimple here's a fat and juicy frenchman to be pickled to be fried all that i can say to you just now my darlings cried my late father is that if you get no more fat to eat than what i'm going to bring you on my lean carcass you'll hardly need to skim your broth the goblins however seemed to be expecting something for they kept turning their heads every moment my late father looked in the same direction what was that he saw on the hillside a mighty devil built like the rest but as long as the steeple saint-michel which we passed a while back instead of the pointed bonnet he wore a three-horned hat topped with a big thorn-bush in place of a feather he had but one eye blackguard that he was but that was as good as a dozen he was doubtless the drum-major of the regiment for he held in his hand a saucepan twice as big as our maple-sugar kettles which hold twenty gallons and in the other hand a bell-clapper which no doubt the dog of a heretic had stolen from some church before its consecration he pounded on his saucepan and all the scoundrels began to laugh to jump to flutter nodding to my late father as if inviting him to come and amuse himself with them you'll wait a long time my lambs thought my late father to himself his teeth chattering in his head as if he had the shaking fever you will wait a long time my gentle lambs i'm not in any hurry to quit the good lord's earth to live with the goblins suddenly the tall devil began to sing a hellish round accompanying himself on the saucepan which he beat furiously and all the goblins darted away like lightning so fast indeed that it took them less than a minute to go all the way around the island my poor late father was so stupefied by the hubbub that he could not remember more than three verses of the song which ran like this here's the spot that suits us well when it gets too hot in hell Tura Lura. here we go all round hands all round here we go all round come along and stir your sticks you jolly dogs of heretics toora here we go all round hands all round here we go all round room for all there's room for all that skim or wriggle bounce or crawl Tura lura. here we go all round hands all round here we go all round my late father was in a cold sweat he had not yet however come to the worst of it here josé paused but i am dying for a smoke and with your permission gentlemen i'll light my pipe quite right my dear Jos answered d'haberville for my own part i am dying for something else my stomach declares that this is dinner time at college let's have a bite to eat jules enjoyed the privilege of aristocratic descent he had always a magnificent appetite this was specially excusable today seeing that he had dined at noon and had had an immense deal of exercise since end of chapter 3